Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. We have a friend, a brother, a husband, a collectible connoisseur, a Seahawks fan, apparently now a Cooper Rush fan, the ultimate Tyler Huntley fan, Ben Karen, host of the Sports Grovler Podcast. Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Daryl. Thanks for having me on. It's been a while. Yes, I was... Some people thought that you and me were having beef. And it was like Kobe and Shaq back in the day. So you were... <laughs> you were Shaq, I was Kobe, and uh, you were just sick of me. No, there's definitely no beef here. Um, just, uh, just glad to, to be here. So, first... Well, let's warm up with this. So first we can talk about AB a little bit. Uh... Uh, he's been in the news and the whole Tom Brady thing too because I think all of it's interesting I don't know if you've uh, Antonio Brown has recently taken some shots I guess at Tom Brady with the uh, marriage uh, that seems to be collapsing I just want to know your thoughts on that well uh, speaking to the audience as somebody that's married uh, what I always tell people is marriage is is hard Um, but it's worthwhile and when you end up by you know in a spot uh, where Tom Brady is um, you know your world is already kind of falling in you know so I just thought it was um, 
not very tasteful of Antonio Brown to kind of take shots at Tom Brady um, while he's already struggling. Um, especially after all that Tom did to keep A.B. in the league and get him a Super Bowl ring and give him one last chance, I would have expected better from A.B. Do you think that was too optimistic on your part? It was probably too optimistic. Am I surprised that A.B. did it? No, I'm not surprised. There's basically nothing he could do at this point in time that would surprise me. What if he started doing the right thing? <laughs> Still wouldn't surprise me. I think he's kind of up and down that way. Yeah, so... And obviously... And I want to ask you this question because you always give good insight into this. Do you think Brady will play better or worse now that the divorce seems to be final? Because before it seemed like the reason he took off in camp, because obviously I guess Giselle took the kids or whatever, and he was trying to convince her uh, to stay married and to not be so upset that he was going back and playing football. Obviously Tom Brady seems a little annoyed when he's out there on the field early in the season. The offense isn't going uh, do you think, though, the fact that this is kind of having some finality to it, that will actually help Tom focus a little bit more? No, I don't think it's going to help him. I 100% think this is going to be a factor uh, that's a liability for Tom Brady for the rest of the season. When, when things like divorce happen or bankruptcy or kind of these major things in life, it impacts people for a long period of time. So... I don't expect that, okay, now that it's final and there's been kind of an initial decision that got made, that he's just going to go back to playing football and everything's going to be a-okay and great. He's got several kids with Giselle. I'm sure they have things that they probably have to split up. His life is going to be way different. Uh, meanwhile, at the same point in time, his team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, have a lot of injuries that they're trying to work through. Uh, and... I don't think Todd Bowles is as good as Bruce Arians as a head coach. So um, I think he's got a lot of things working against him, and I think this may be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Um, and I do not expect him to have a whole lot of success this season. He may make the playoffs, but I don't expect a, a long playoff run. Do you think the fact, though, that now it seems like the divorce is having some finality to it, that means that he's going to play football longer? Because at first I think it felt like after he came back, this would be his last year. Oh, yeah. I think Tom will play as long as he wants to play and is physically able to. Um, to me, I, I almost question, you know, if, if the choice was the, you, to stay married and not play football or to just get divorced and play two more years or whatever, I would have just stayed married in his shoes. Um, but I certainly think he's probably going to have to play at least a couple more years now just to justify the decision. <laughs> so you think it would seem kind of outrageous if, after all this, he decided to uh, retire? 100%. Um, you know, when, when people go through this kind of stuff, they're like, yeah, divorce is a major thing. I mean... Um, I'm, I'm going to assume it was probably um, a whole lot more than just him going back for this season. I'm going to hypothesize he wanted to play another three. Mm. And she wasn't okay with that. That would just be my, my strictly you know hypothesis here. Uh, no big J journalism happening with that, but um, just my thought. Yeah, uh... 
That's actually interesting. It, it is very interesting. Part of me also feels like, I mean, obviously it's no secret, right? She's wanted him to retire for a long time. Uh, and realistically, he plays a dangerous game and he has nothing left to prove and he's rich. So there is kind of like the whole thing probably from her side. You know, why do you keep playing? Uh, but it is interesting. Do you think it's do you think it's possible that he loves football though more than he just loves being married and having a family like that? Like he just loves playing football that much? I think it's possible. I think what's more probable is he's just an obsessive kind of person. Uh, and when people are kind of in that obsessive mindset, it's hard for them to obsess on more than one thing at a time. Um, and there, I think there is a possibility with Tom Brady, even when he gets out of football, he's already signed to work with uh, Fox Sports. Uh, and I could certainly see him moving the obsession from football and playing the game over into um, the sports broadcasting world. So I was talking to uh, my friend Silas, who you know, and we were kind of talking about the Tom Brady situation. And just talking about the perspective of just athletes in general, there are very few people, and in life, there are very few people then who I feel like, and, and tell me if you agree with this, there are very few people in life who give 100% to something. Would you agree with that? Like they're all, like 100% of everything that happened to something. I, I would agree with it. I think most people seek um, a balance of different things in life. And obviously, if you're giving 100% to something, that is going to, as a natural consequence, interfere with your ability to balance. Yes. And I gave the example, like, people don't really understand what it means to give 100% because I think a lot of people think they work hard at something and they give their all to something. When it's really like you might be giving 70% of yourself or even 50%, it's like sometimes you think you're working hard, but you're not working hard. To me, it's like when you work out and you think I worked hard and I gave everything I had. And to me, like when you say give everything you have, instead of doing a three-minute plank, that's literally you held a plank until you can no longer physically hold the plank. You run until you can't physically run. That is actually in the true term, the truest term of the definition, giving 100%. Uh, right? So, and I don't think most people do that, and nor should you, and I don't think that's necessarily the most healthiest thing to do. But my thing is I think people who end up achieving greatness uh, in certain aspects of the world, like let's say Elon Musk, let's say Bill Gates, let's say Michael Jordan, let's say Tom Brady, a lot of these people to be this great and it does go to the obsessive part. Uh, there is a level of you're giving 100% tunnel vision. You're focused on being the best you can be at that specific thing. But when you do that, other parts of your life are going to deteriorate. Because if you're focusing on being 100% at something, then that means there's no balance. Uh, there's no evening of the scale. And the scale, quite in fact, is very uneven. And other parts of your life are going to deteriorate. And I think that's no secret why sometimes, often, the quote-unquote most successful people who are the hardest workers, those are the ones who have multiple marriages uh, and have other issues. We see these musicians, they have substance problems. I think that's why we see so many people who, you know, quote-unquote, have reached some level of success. And a lot of times because they work very hard to achieve it, a lot of other parts of their life are unbalanced and unorganized. Yeah, absolutely agree, 100%. So, with Cooper Rush, uh, you think he's a star in the making then? Explain it, explain it to me. Is he a star in the making? I'm not sure about that. Not yet. But, 
I'm at the point in time with this man, Daryl, where he needs to have an opportunity to be a starter in the NFL. This man is highly impressive. He's 5-0 and as a starter with the Dallas Cowboys. When we look at the Cowboys, it almost seems to me like the players are playing harder for him than when Dak Prescott is out there. And that would be something I'd be highly concerned about. I just don't understand why all of a sudden the defense is electric, the, the coaches look like a million bucks, all this stuff is happening, and the Cowboys are on this amazing winning streak. But everybody says, well, Dak is better, but the Cowboys as a team are not performing nearly as well with Dak. Uh, so that's just an indication to me, Daryl. That there's something about Cooper Rush, something about his personality, his psychological makeup, where he is motivating and pushing to another level the other guys around him. Do I think Dak is a better quarterback today? Yeah. But this man has proven that he deserves an opportunity. Two of his wins have been on prime time. He had the win on Halloween night against Minnesota. He beat the Giants in prime time. This year, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He plays really solid football. I like him, Daryl. I don't think there's much here not to like. Am I wrong? <laughs> uh, I think Cooper Rush is okay. Uh, I don't think he's a star or elite by any means. I think he's just playing solid, competent football, and Dallas has a lot of talent. Uh, Noah Brown, who's come out of nowhere and is starting to play really, really well. Uh, C.D. Lamb, the defense headlined by Mike Parsons. Micah Parsons, who might be the best defensive player in all of football and who's extremely good. Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Trayvon Diggs. So they have a lot of talent. Uh, Anthony Barr, uh, Lane Vanderess and Dan Quinn's been doing the fabulous job coaching up the defense as well. Uh, Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator. Mike McCarthy is the head coach. They have a very good staff uh, in Dallas as well. So I think there's a lot of factors as to why you know they're succeeding, and I think Cooper Rush is the beneficiary of that. Though in no way, shape, or form, at the end of the day, do I think he is even close to Dak Prescott, and I do think it's a little disrespectful for people to insinuate that he is close. Now the team is winning, and but what I will say is this. In terms of if Dak gets his job back, uh, I think there's a very fine line with all this stuff, right? Whether Dak is actually better than Cooper Rush now, I think is irrelevant. Because, and we've talked about this, and I think I've told you this before, a lot of this stuff is political. It's not always who's the best guy. If it was who was the best guy, then Jimmy Garoppolo would have been starting over Trey Lance in San Francisco to begin the year, but he wasn't. Why wasn't he? Politics. If politics didn't play a part in anything, Dak Prescott probably never would have started over Tony Romo because I don't believe at the time he was better than Tony Romo. But guess what happened? Similar to this situation, Tony got hurt. Dak played. When Dak was in there, they won. Tony got healthy. And guess what? They rode Dak. Tony retired. He's on the booth with CBS, Jim Nance, right? Everybody loves Romo. So I, I think a lot of times we... we we go into who's better when truthfully it doesn't always really matter who's better. A lot of decisions get made in this league regardless of who's better all the time. And also here's the thing with Dak. 
If Dak comes back and they lose, what do you think everybody on talk radio in Dallas is going to be talking about when the fans call in? Well, they're going to be talking about Cooper Rush getting an opportunity. I mean, that's what happens in these situations. This, to me, is a little bit like a, a Bloodstone Brady situation from, uh, you know, the 2000s. I mean, it's just something that rarely happens, but I definitely think there's going to be a quarterback controversy in Dallas simply because we have this going on. Cooper hasn't lost any games yet this year. Um the team just seems to be playing better while he's the quarterback. And I think Jerry Jones certainly uh, could potentially say some things that are going to put gasoline on that fire. In fact, I'd be surprised if he didn't say things that were going to escalate that discussion. And at the end of the day, if Jerry Jones wants Cooper Rush to be the starter, he's going to say the starter because Jerry Jones is the boss. So, I mean... <laughs> I mean. Jerry Jones is in the business of winning football games, too. Uh, and I, th- I think he, he realizes what he's got here. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that Cooper's going to be a long-term starter for the Cowboys, but I think he what this has shown me is that he needs to be uh, somebody that's given an opportunity to start somewhere in the NFL. So maybe the Cowboys trade him to a team that's looking for a starter Uh, Maybe a team such as uh, Carolina Panthers, the Chicago Bears, or a team like that. So you think Cooper Rush is better than Baker Mayfield? Right now, yeah. Yeah, I do. Matt Rule just got fired. Uh, You think it was time for the Panthers to let him go? I would have given him until the end of the year. Simply because when, when you look at moving off of a guy mid-season, I mean, I, where's the benefit there for your team? You ripped the Band-Aid off early. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to replace him right now with somebody that's better. I think he, more than anything else, is a casualty um, of a league where you really need a pretty good quarterback to win football games and be successful. Um, and for all of uh, the things that he did do well, one thing he just couldn't seem to get right in his time there was uh, that quarterback situation. I would have personally given him a little bit longer, but we know um, Tapper, their owner, is a pretty impatient guy. It'll be interesting to see what the Panthers do next. I believe uh, Matt Rule will more likely go back to college. Um, and I think he's going to be uh, sitting pretty as a top candidate for some of these college jobs that may open up at the end of the year. Matt Rule to Auburn? Wouldn't rule it out. I think I like the possibility of him in Oklahoma more. After this year? Well, I don't think uh, Oklahoma's going to fire their head coach after one year. I think Venables is safe for a year. Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, they got shellacked by Texas. Yeah, that's bad. I'm just looking I'm just looking down the road here, and I'm seeing them have a potential matchup with Baylor and Iowa State, Oklahoma State. I'm just not seeing this getting any better for them, Daryl. Can they get the bowl eligibility? I don't think they are. I, I just think this is going to be a problem for Venerables. Well, if they can't get the bowl eligibility, then yeah, he might be gone. (laughs) 
maybe I'm wrong about this, but I just I think it's going to be a big problem. For you me. were high on Venables, though. I was. I, I really thought this was going to work out, but obviously, I, you know, I told you a couple of weeks ago, I threw in the towel on that and said, looks like I'm wrong about it. You're concerned about how the defenses look, though, right? That's the issue for you? Well, I'm concerned about everything right now. I mean, they couldn't even score against Texas at the Red River Rifle. The offense did not look good, nor did the defense. I'm concerned about the entire team. Is Baker Mayfield going to end up going into obscurity and just be a backup quarterback in the NFL? Yes, that's where this appears to be heading. And I think he'll have to make a decision about this. He'll he'll either have to accept the fact that he's going to be a backup quarterback in the NFL and, and, and end up being a whole lot quieter, or he's going to be out of the league kind of like Johnny Mansell or maybe he goes to uh, Canada to play or Europe or somewhere else. Which I think, honestly, he might do if he's going to be a backup because I just don't think he wants to be a backup. I think that's going to be very hard for him to accept. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then cut up next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to talk some more football. Cut up next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Great deal, folks. Trust me. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Like my Buffalo Bills coming back and beating Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens for week four of NFL action. It's amazing. Nothing's better. To make things even sweeter, though, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code TPPN. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Sports Talk, we still have Ben Karen with us. So, Ben, I thought this would be interesting to do. I want to know whether you're buying, selling, or you can give me a push for quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay, Ben? Okay, so if I'm pushing, that means I'm, I'm, I'm deferring. Correct? Yes, yes. We're okay. going to put them in a separate category. And, and, and what is the criteria that we're looking for on whether I'm buying or selling? Oh, it's all up to you, whether you're buying or selling them. Okay. It's like their all stock. Right. It's like their stock, Ben. Gotcha. Get, get rich now, kids. <laughs> <laughs> get rich now, don't kids. Get rich, don't get rich now. Don't, don't listen to that. That's fine. <laughs> this is the right thing year after year in state. Uh, so let's start with some AFC East quarterbacks. Josh Allen. Bye. The guy 
guy's clearly shown me he's an elite quarterback. I have no reason to doubt him. So if I say Josh Allen, best player in the NFL? Uh, let's not go that far. <laughs> Can we say push? Or maybe buy? Or if you I'm want not, to get I'm early not, on the stock. But if you want to get early on this stock, I mean, you might have to buy it now. If we're talking about him being the best player in the NFL, no, I'm selling that. But I buy him as a quarterback. Aaron Donald is the best player in the NFL. Tua Tagovailoa, buying or selling? Push. I liked what I saw so far this season, but he's injured and I want to see more. Zach Wilson. Are you buying him as not a bust? Let's say not a bust. Um, I'm selling. I still think he's probably a bust. <laughs> really? You still think he's still a bust? I, I think so. I mean, I think he's looking better because the, the defense is much improved. You know, I like Sauce Gardner. I think he's got a real bright future. I think he's a rising star. I like Brees Hall. I like some of these moves the Jets are doing. They're putting more talent around him. Um, but I haven't seen anything yet from him where I'm like, man, I really believe he's not a bust. They're 2-0 and with him as the starter this year. And he, you know, he has arm talent, which you know, I mean. Which you love. Uh, not, not quite as important to me. Imagine you're a quarterback and you have to throw the ball. And Ben's like, I'll pass on the arm down. Uh, this is why I miss you, Ben. So, Mac Jones, buying or selling? Selling. I, I, I just don't think he's as physically talented as most of the other starters in the NFL. Is Zach Wilson more physically talented than Mac Jones? Yes. Is Zach Wilson more physically talented than Tua? I think they're probably about equal. I mean, I like Tua's accuracy a lot more. Lamar Jackson buying or selling? Oh, I'm buying Lamar. Are you buying Lamar's? 100%. I mean, um, he's a little bit bigger and stronger. It's clear um, that he hasn't been sitting around this offseason doing nothing. Uh, The guy's clearly putting in the work. Um, and it shows. I think his uh, his ability to throw the football was uh, very underrated. I like him as a dual threat quarterback, and I think we've still got probably another three to four years of high high um, high talent um, playing that role as a dual running uh, running and passing quarterback. Are we buying or selling Lamar though as a top five quarterback? Oh, it's top five quarterback. Um, this year, because so the far, prices are going to go up if we don't do it now, Ben. The prices are going to go up. Yeah, this this year, um, right now, I, I would buy it based on what I've seen. Before the price goes up, I would buy that. Joe Burrow. Yeah, I'm, I'm still buying Burrow. I know it's been a little bit of a rocky start for him. He's got new offensive line. 
Uh, they've lost a couple of close games. I, I think, Daryl, honestly, the play calling is what hurt the Bengals on Sunday night. I watched that entire game. You can't have three or four shots at the red zone, um, you know, where you're only a couple of yards outside of the goal line and not try to run the football. That just didn't make any sense to me. Um, but I buy Joe Burrow. How much does Zach Taylor depreciate the Joe Burrow stock? Right, right now, I would say he's. I haven't liked his play calling most of this season, so I'd say he's depreciating it by about twenty percent. Oh well, okay, that's unfortunate. unfortunate. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Would that would that make you get off of a stock, Ben? Not yet, but it would. It would make me a little bit less convicted. You know, I'm on here to tell the truth, Daryl. And your, your listeners, they deserve the truth. But the truth is, Zach Taylor is is hurting that stock right now by 20%. Deshaun Watson, buying or selling? Oh, I'm pushing. I haven't even seen him play this season. Buying or selling Jacoby Brissett? As a spot starter. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy him. I'll buy him. I think they should be 3-2 and two right now, although they're 2-3. and three. So, you know, uh, they should have won that game yesterday. That had nothing to do with him. He put him in the position to win. So, yeah, I'll buy him. Buying or selling Kenny Pickett? Uh, push. Need to see more on Pickett. What I've seen so far hasn't looked very good, but roll with them a few more weeks here before I make the decision. Well, Ben, I will tell you, when you're having your first start in Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park against a team like the Buffalo Bills, that's not the best place for a rookie to get indoctrinated into the NFL. Not the best spot. Well, that's, that's, that's why I'm pushing. Mitch Trubisky, buying or selling? Uh, well, I'm selling him as a starter. You know, clear he can't get the job done as a starter. He's probably, you know, an upper level backup in the NFL. Davis Mills, buying or selling? Sell. I don't see much there. I don't think he's the future for the Texans. I don't think he's starting in the NFL in the near future. Nothing very compelling about him, I don't think. Buying or selling Matt Ryan? Selling. From everything I've seen with Matt so far this year, it looks like he's just about done. I think he retires at the end of the year. How dangerous would this stock be to the viewers if they bought it? Oh, it would be like a game stock. Stock <laughs> stock a year or two ago. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's probably volatile. This is not. Uh, this is not for the uh, faint of heart. <laughs> Take that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence buying or selling? You know, I think I think he's a push for me. Really, the best quarterback yeah. prospect of all time is a push. I'm not going to take anything I saw last season from him seriously because of the coach. Because that was a coach that hurt his stock by about 100%.
Ryan Tannehill buying or selling? As no wait, let's do this because I know you hate Ryan Tannehill, Ben. Let, let's let's pose the stock this way: buying or selling Ryan Tannehill as a guy who can lead his team to the playoffs for the third straight year. And I know Ben, you like playoffs. Selling. <laughs> really? Well, they haven't looked the same since AJ Brown left, and. Um, Derrick Henry seems to have had been, he seems to be having a very quiet season so far. I thought maybe they could get Traylon Burks going a little bit. That hasn't happened. I don't think Tannehill has a lot of weapons right now, and I just don't think he's a, a very good quarterback when he doesn't have much to work with. So who would you say is going to win the South? Right now... I think I'd go with the Jaguars. Okay. Russell Wilson, buying or selling? As a top 10 quarterback. Well, right now he's definitely not top 10, so I'm selling. I, I, I do not think he's done yet. I think this is another situation where his head coach is substantially hurting his ability to play the game. How much has Nathaniel Hackett hurt the Russell Wilson stock? 70%. <laughs> I don't like the play calling at all. I don't like the way the offense is operating at all. They're basically completely ineffective. The Justin Herbert buying or selling as the top 15 quarterback. Man, that is hard. Well, I'll tell folks out there, he's a top five quarterback, so you should be buying. You should be buying. Um, you know... I think I would probably buy, but it's very close. I, I have him right kind of on the bubble there, but I think I would buy. For now, I would buy. I know the Chargers have had a lot of injuries, and he's kind of kept them somewhat relevant here. So is he impressing you? No. Um, not really. But I think there's still some potential Derek Carr buying or selling? You know, I think it's I think, I think we're getting to the point in time where we got to sell. Really? I I've, I've just seen enough out of him, and uh, I just you got to be special in this league, and he hasn't even been special enough to win a playoff game, and he's been around a long time now. And he's not doing well this season, even with Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and a lot of other really good weapons. I mean, one in four is pretty inexcusable based on how many weapons he has around him. Patrick Mahomes buying or selling as the best player in the NFL. Selling, because it's Aaron Donald. Really? I think he's the best quarterback in the game. 
game, though. So if you wanted to do that, I'd buy him. So Josh Allen, can we buy or sell Josh Allen as the best quarterback in the game? No, it's Patrick Mahomes. That's the best quarterback in the NFL. So you don't think it's close? I think it's somewhat close, but I, I like Mahomes more. You know, I mean, you, all you have to do is go back to uh, go back to that play about a week or so ago where he's doing that sidearm spin move. I mean, there's no other quarterback in the NFL that can do that, Daryl. That's just ridiculous. I think that number 17 in Buffalo is pretty special, too. I mean, I saw, I saw, you said, I'm just saying, I don't think anybody else can do that kind of move. Here's what I'll say. You said Aaron Donald's the best player in football. I watched Aaron Donald break the line and Josh Allen stiff-armed him away and made it throw 40 yards down the field. Not a whole lot of dudes who can do that either. I'm just saying he stiff-armed him. Does that not impress you, Ben? He doesn't want to see him snap after snap after snap. Got lucky. I'm just saying. Hey, a lot of people don't get lucky against Aaron Donald, though. Is that not fair? If you're getting lucky against Aaron Donald, you're doing something right. Oh, goodness gracious. For the love of the fans, Daryl, just stop. Dak Prescott, buying or selling? Daniel Jones is a top 30 quarterback, buying or selling? Selling. <laughs> ben, that's so crazy. How is he not a top 30 quarterback? Well, I mean, I think I like, I like the backups on some of the teams more than him. <laughs> uh, Cooper Rush, for instance, I like more. Uh, Tyler Huntley, I like more. Uh, probably like Mitchell Trubisky more. <laughs> what, would, what would Daniel Jones have to do for you to start buying him? NFC Championship. So even if he makes the playoffs, that can't do anything. No, he has to make the NFC Championship. So, what does he have to do to be a top 30 quarterback in your eyes? Uh, if, he, uh, if he makes the playoffs, I think he's top 30. <laughs> what if he just has a winning record? But isn't it possible that the light just flipped and he improved? I think it might be. You know, you know we talk about how some, some, some quarterbacks are impacted by bad coaching? Well, I think he's impacted by good coaching. I think he's shining a little bit more than he probably should because Dable's there. But isn't that what coaching's supposed to do? You're supposed to make your players better. Imagine if Dable actually had a good quarterback. Ugh. Okay, then. Next one. Jalen Hurts buying or selling as a top 10 quarterback. As a top 10 guy, um, a selling. But I'm, I'm, I'm buying him long term. I think he's he's definitely shown us he can be a starter. Got a very interesting style, but I think it worked. You know, I've always um, I've liked him, uh, even in college. You know, so I'm happy to see him having so much success. Carson Wentz, buying or selling? Selling. 
90% going, couldn't get the job done late yesterday, again, opportunity to win the game, can't do it. We've seen this story play out, Daryl. It's time to just move on from Carson Wentz. He's not at the starter in the NFL. Too much talent to keep, keep trying this out. I don't know why he's even gotten as many opportunities as, as he has. I think Cooper Rush gives the team more of a chance to win tomorrow. Justin Fields buying or selling? Um, I'm going to push. I'd like to see him with a little bit more talent around him. Jared Goff buying or selling? I think it's time to sell Jared, man. He hasn't won. He hasn't won an away game since he joined the Detroit Lions. He looked awful this past weekend. He just has too many games, like the one against the Patriots yesterday, where he just looks terrible. Aaron Rodgers buying or selling? I'm buying him. <laughs> uh, Is that a hard buy for you? It, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm a little reluctant. The guy's a reigning MVP, though, and I, I do not think uh, right now he's the he's the guy that's responsible for the majority of uh, the lot the, the losing. Kirk Cousins buying or selling? Oh, I'm definitely buying Kirk Cousins. This is the Kirk Cousins that I've been waiting to see, and it's clear now he's got an offensive-minded head coach, and, and they're, they're cruising. They're 4-1. Marcus Mariota buying or selling? Yeah, surprisingly, I'm buying this. Atlanta's been in a lot of games. Nobody expected much from them this year, and Marcus has not pulled it. So we buy Marcus Mariota, but not Daniel Jones? Yeah, I think, I think right now Mariota is the better quarterback. Buying or selling Baker Mayfield? Going to sell him. Seen enough out of him. Hasn't been able to do anything with the Panthers. Probably even more damning is he couldn't do anything when he was with the Cleveland Browns either despite having a lot of talent around. So, yeah, I'm pretty much out on him. Buying or selling Jameis Winston? It's time to sell Jameis, too. I think Jameis could be a backup in the NFL. There's just so much quarterback talent out there, though, Daryl. I think that this is just one of those situations where it's like, he's just not special. He doesn't have the it factor. If I'm the Saints, I'd be looking to move on. Buying or selling Tom Brady? As of this time, I'm going to sell him, man. I don't think this uh, divorce situation off the field is going to translate out of him being very successful this season, and the guy's 45 years old. And at some point, he is going to go off the cliff. And right now, I'm predicting that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Buying or selling Kyler Murray? Uh, For right now, I'm going to continue to buy. Buying or selling Kyler Murray as a leader? 
Oh, definitely selling. One hundred percent. I do think things will get a little bit better for the Cardinals once uh, DeAndre Hopkins is able to return. Buying or selling Cliff Kingsbury? Sell. How much is the Cliff? He's now coached quite a bit, um, so I think he needs to go. How do people feel about Cliff in Arizona? Well, um, we don't take our football too seriously out here for the most part. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there's uh, there's not maybe as much pressure as there would be in your city of Philadelphia. Uh, or, you know, if he is the coach of the Cowboys or something like that. But I, I think if you were to poll fans right now, most of them would say that he's probably not very competent and that he should be on his way. Do people take their basketball seriously in Arizona? Probably more seriously than the football. Really? That's interesting. So, Matthew Stafford, buying or selling? The selling. Of course. I, I think we're starting to see the real Matt Stafford this year. The real Matt Stafford was throwing 5,000 yards with Calvin Johnson. Yeah, and he wasn't doing a whole lot of winning. Because the team and wasn't that's, good. Uh, that, that's kind of back to where we are now. Rams are two and three. Well, he's also he's hurt. He's also hurt. Matthew, Matthew Stafford couldn't get rid of the football to save his life against the Cowboys defense. Little so nobody was open. They're, they're struggling. They don't really have a deep threat. This has to be a little bit of an indictment on the front office and the head coach. If I'm, uh, you know, talking about the Rams, honestly, here, the Rams have done nothing to show me that they can develop guys out of the draft, and that's starting to show up. And also, Sean McVay seems to be getting out coached a little bit, and I'm really, quite frankly, surprised by that. I mean, I. I think I think Mike McCarthy was clearly the superior coach on, on Sundays Sunday afternoon. Buying or selling Jimmy Garoppolo? Buying. <laughs> of course. Buying. Folks been, you should sell the stock. Sell it. Earn. You should sell it. Folks you should sell the stock. Jimmy doesn't need Jimmy doesn't need to be a top ten quarterback to to propel the 49ers to success. I agree. He's the best guy ever, just handing the ball off to these running backs. He's fantastic at it. Well, I've never seen somebody better. The ball, he, he distributes the ball quickly. He's accurate. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Nah, he makes mistakes. He, it's working for the 49ers. No, I told you he's driving the Maserati. He just doesn't crash it. All he does yeah, is not drink and drive. Ben, that's not a whole lot to ask. That's a whole not a whole lot to ask. Don't drink and drive. Trey Lance wasn't able to do it. Yeah, he was drinking and driving. He had too much Hennessy on the road and he crashed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like Garoppolo. They'll be, they'll be in the playoffs. They'll probably beat the Packers again this year. Geno Smith buying or selling as being able to be one of Ben's guys? 
shot. Um, it's going to be a push from me. I didn't expect the Seahawks would be 2-3. and three. I kind of thought they'd be 0-5 right now. <laughs> so uh, the fact that he actually has had any level of success um, has been impressive. Do you think he's been a leader for the Seahawks? Yeah, I do. I think so. Has that shocked you? No, no. I, I never really questioned his leadership still. I always thought he was a good leader even when he was at West Virginia. Would the Seahawks be better off? Well, no, you go. What were you going to say? I, I just questioned his playing ability. That's all. <laughs> well, West Virginia, he was... He was leading the Heisman race at West Virginia. Then he scored like... What was your question about would the Seahawks be better off if what? Would the Seahawks be better off with Russell Wilson or Geno right now? Russell Wilson. Really? Yeah, because I I think Russell Wilson is clearly better than Geno Smith. Russell Wilson's just getting pulled down by by an inept coach. But would Russell Russell Wilson want to listen? is probably wishing he had Pete Carroll back as his head coach. But here's the thing. Geno's running the offense with no qualms or concerns. He's doing what he's told. He's being the perfect soldier. Russ wasn't going to be the perfect soldier. Well, I, I think, based on, on Russell's experience now, I think I think he would appreciate Coach Carroll a lot more than he did before if he was to come back Because whether you like Pete or not, it's becoming clear Pete knows what he's doing. No, that's definitely true. So what we're going to do is we're going to take another break and then come next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. I do want to talk to you in a little bit about some college football. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. With Barbershop Sports Talk, and we still have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Walter Podcast. So, Ben, Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, what are they, two and three? Three and three. Three and three. Now, we did a 20 for 20, and you said they were the second best program. Would you like to walk that one back? No. Did you think to begin the season they'd be three and three? No. So given that, why won't you walk anything back? Well, because I still think they're a phenomenal program. Um, they did lead the nation in recruiting. I think they have some issues maybe with how they're putting uh, putting those pieces of the puzzle together. Um some of the same complaints, actually, that mirror another one of my teams, the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I like the play calling uh, at times. I'm also a little bit concerned about some of that player development with them. Um, but, you know, when, when, when you look at it, I think they are getting better as the season goes on. Uh, early in the season, had the hiccup with, uh, with Appalachian State. Uh, that 
was not something I was particularly happy about, but that is a uh, more experienced team that's tricky. Um, and then you have uh, the kind of ugly game against uh, Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm willing to accept the last game, obviously, where we had an opportunity to win. Um, against Alabama, we were right on the goal line and ran out of time. I just don't think you put yourself in a potential position to beat Alabama. Alabama back without back. Bryce Young, though. Let's just put that in perspective. Back, back well, yeah, A&M was without their starter as well. Well, I'm, um, Bryce Young is, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner. But let's keep that in perspective. The reigning Heisman Trophy winner they were without, too. Not just any quarterback. Regardless. You're not in position to beat Alabama in back-to-back seasons um, if you're a bad franchise or bad program. I agree. I, I think only only a top-tier you know program will be able to challenge Alabama like that, and it certainly was a challenge. Can't you agree though that you can be a top-tier program and be a top-ten program? Well, I personally have been to to see the stadium and the amount of money they're putting into it. Um, I don't think there's anybody out there that's putting in more than that. Then why haven't we seen the results? Because you're a results guy, Ben. I am I am a results guy. But, you know, kind of look at it in perspective. We have seen some results. You know, it's not like Jimbo Fisher is a terrible football coach. Um, we beat Alabama last year, um, and, we, and we did so with... Um, with the second-string quarterback, and, and mind you, Bryce Young did play in that game. Uh, so that's something that needs to be taken into consideration. And then a couple years back, uh, A&M was 10-1, and one, you know, won the Orange Bowl, which I think is a pretty darn good season. Obviously, we want to be in the playoffs and we want to compete at that level. Um, and we're going to have to figure out a way to develop a little bit better and, and come up with some more dynamic play calling in order to get us there. Is it fair, though, would it be unfair for me to say they're for sure not a top-four program based off the fact they haven't made a playoff berth in the decade or so of the playoffs being in act, right? Uh, so would that be fair of me to say they're for sure not a top-four program? I don't know if it would really be fair. I mean, they're in the SEC West, which means they have to essentially go through um, the best teams every single season in order to make it. Um, other teams that have been in the playoffs, the Michigans of the world, the Oklahoma Sooners of the world. But Michigan has to those, play Ohio State. But those aren't teams that have to go through Alabama and potentially Georgia and LSU in order to get there. But wouldn't you compare Ohio State? I mean, Ohio State's probably been realistically the second best program, them or Clemson, the last decade in terms of success. Well, and NFL players and, you know. I'd, I'd say they're, may, I mean, maybe. But I think just by and large, the SEC uh, provides the greatest challenge on a week-to-week basis. You know, the Big Ten homers wouldn't like that, Ben. Well, I don't care if they'd like it or not. I mean, it's the truth. You know, <laughs> you want to play Maryland or you want to play uh, Arkansas, you know? I mean, you want to play Purdue or do you want to play Mississippi State? You want to play Michigan or you want to play Vanderbilt? I see what you're doing, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't fall for it, Ben? I didn't fall for it. 
No, but I was asking, would you rather play Michigan or Vanderbilt? <laughs> yeah, I'd rather play Vanderbilt, but I mean, you know, you you start lining it up, you know, a not very good Big Ten team, Vanderbilt's got a shot. Vanderbilt was losing to FCS teams last year, Ben. The only thing I know about Vanderbilt that Vanderbilt is good at is they're very good at baseball. Scotty Pippen Jr. Uh, was playing there last year. They're in Tennessee. They have an extremely good law school that Clay Travis went to. And Derek Mason was their coach. Was that his name, Derek Mason? He wasn't very good. Yeah, uh, Derek Mason. Skip Bayless is an alum from there. Yes, he is. Skip uh, Bayless is in the, uh, he's a Commodore, too. That's probably, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, though. But uh, I think. They were, um, at least they were at one point in time, I believe, one of the uh, best um, college of education um, universities in, in the country. They're also the Harvard of the South. Yeah. I uh, actually got accepted there a number of years back. Really? I did. I decided to go to Texas A&M, but... Um, I had to look at it from a practical standpoint. Vanderbilt's probably pretty expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more prestigious, probably more prestigious, but definitely expensive. That's all right. Texas A&M checked those boxes for me. What's the biggest reason Brett Venables has failed at Oklahoma? Well, I think the biggest reason is that he hasn't even managed to master his side of the ball. Big 12 is not known to be um, a conference that plays elite defense. But I'm concerned about Venables because Oklahoma is not playing defense hardly at all. And they just got blown out 49 to nothing against Texas. This is a real problem. Even I expected Venerable's defense was going to be much, much better than this, even even in his first year. But generally, I think, uh, you know, on a week-to-week basis here, at least for the last couple, they've basically been getting outplayed in all three phases of the game by their opponents. So just all around, they're not very good right now. So, Ben... I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Anytime, Daryl. Thanks for having me. And once again, I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 492nd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.